No, no, I, we got it right now. Let's play it right now. Click. Click. Remember that record that you bought me like two years ago? Well, I just remember that it's sitting in the closet. So I called you up just to tell you I've been meaning to listen to why don't you come over and talk about it? Ooh. 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 Why don't you come over and talk about it? Hey everybody. Uh welcome to <gasps> I've, I've been, been meaning, meaning to, listen to, to listen to that. The podcast where we take albums we've been meaning to listen to and use it as a conduit to learn about each other and our guests. Wow. And uh, we got two special guests right here. Uh, would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Well, I'm Terry. And I'm Larry. So like, how did you two kind of like, how did you two kind of like meet each other? I'm like really curious about that. It's really cool. We actually met on a pressure washing detail. Um, oh, romantic. <laughs> oh, it got real romantic. Uh, yeah, but not for a while, actually. Um, that day, we were cleaning this MRAP, and I, like, shot my um, pressure washer at Terry. And, <gasps> well, technically, I was shooting it at someone else, and I just missed, and I hit him, and he shot me. Took my whole nail off. So, um, yeah, it was crazy. I uh, asked him if he wanted to leave and like we went to my place and made BLTs and played Mortal Kombat. And technically he cheated the whole time um, because he's a button masher, but he would tell you that he won. Uh, And I guess it just depends on the way that uh, you think about it. BLTs are like the most romantic sandwich I could ever think you better believe it so like how did you after you initially met each other doing that very romantic task how (laughs) i'm very clinical about this how did you like continue to like grow that relationship well i mean so we didn't right away we uh, knew each other for like the few months that we still had left in the army at that point and we hung out a few times but we actually ended up like going our separate ways whenever we left Hawaii. I came back to Illinois, he went back to Washington, but eventually I moved over to Washington, was looking for a roommate, and uh, Larry became my roommate. Uh, we lived together for about like uh, six months, eight months or something before uh, I guess we started having feelings for each other and you know, uh, we were patient about it and we tried to make sure that it was a healthy, you know, non-friendship ending type of thing. and. The good news was, uh, as shy as we were in that moment, it kind of like affirmed how much we loved and cared for each other because it's like we've never approached a relationship that way before. It was special. Wow. Very special. Aww. <laughs> this is the sweetest. This is the sweetest the podcast has ever been. But that's really, that's really wonderful to, that's really, really sweet. And like, um, I haven't seen you since high school and like to like see that you found someone who you really connect with, who makes you happy in that way. Like it's it's really a special thing. And like it's really that, nauseating. That is like, yeah, it's <laughs> but it's cute gross. at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it's hella epic. It's adorable. It's though. it's like it's like a porg, you know, like they're nauseating but like also cute. Like they're like min your relationship is like a minion. 
and how it's cute, but also okay. like nauseating no. at the same time. Minions are what? just <laughs> nauseating. There's no cute. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, so today we're going to talk about Straight Out Oz by Todrick Hall. And so I think like um, you guys came in and you really wanted to talk about uh, this particular record. Um, you said something along the lines of you wanted to talk about a gay positive album that focused on love, basically. And I was like, could, I was wondering if you could like expound on that a little more. Well, more than anything, what we were looking for was something that was like gay positive and told the story well, but didn't focus on like, you know, drugs, sex, money. I mean, there's a little bit of the money in there, but I mean, it's Todrick. He's rich. so And fame is a drug. Yeah, honestly. It's like, well, I mean, you can hear about it in the album. It's like he talks about uh, leaving his hometown, you know, going on and like making all this money, you know, all of this bad stuff that was happening and essentially like how he was changing. You know, he didn't feel like he was the same person, but at the same time, he could be open and be whoever he had to be. Whereas uh, back home, he was stunted, you know, when he talks about in no place like home. Um, And even in like Proud, it's like he talks about how like uh, he got really uh, stunted. He wasn't allowed to like live the gay agenda. He had to essentially hide who he was and like, you know, chill in the church crowd because that's what his family like uh, raised him to do. And so it's like as he got older, um, he moved away and was able to see what money could do. And it's like, you know. I kind of like that there's a little bit of that arrogance in there and that cockiness about like, you know, I, I worked for this, I got this money and it's like, might as well enjoy it while I'm there. Um, and so I think it's like justifiable. Uh, I, have, I have like a personal question for like the three of you, since I'm the resident like straight guy of the, of the podcast today. Um, uh, now I know like you, you've all said like the three of you kind of like grew up in that church background, like in a religious setting. And I was kind of like wondering how you kind of like were able to like navigate being a queer person while like still like residing in this like um, environment that wouldn't be like approving of that. That wouldn't be okay with who you were in that way. A hundred percent truth. Uh, You kind of just like live this uh, lie essentially. Um, but it's like at the same time, it's not really a lie at the time. You're just kind of like authentically living in the moment. Um, you know, it's like growing up, my mind wasn't really focused on like being in a relationship with any person. I honestly kind of spent most of my time thinking about uh, our, our like making food, our, you know, playing or <laughs> something like that. Yeah, it's just like. <laughs> I didn't really spend much time focused on my sexuality. And so for that reason, I don't think my family spent a lot of time focused on on my sexuality. Um, And so being in church, I kind of, I I realized like I was a gay person, probably somewhere in my teens. But like at that point, uh, I was super engrossed in church. And so it kind of just didn't matter until... It did matter, and then, um, yeah, I, I just moved on. I don't think it was extremely hard at any point. You just, like, basically, like, once it got to that, like, um, once it got to a certain point, you were like, well, I'll, like, leave church behind. I'll just, like, leave this community behind because I have to live my truth in a way. Like, Yeah, essentially, but it's, like, no, nah, it wasn't in really, like, some 
super hard way. It's just kind of like the end of a season or the end of a chapter and you just kind of move on to the next thing. It's no big deal. At least for me, it was no big deal. Um, so that one's pretty easy for me because uh, I don't think I would have identified anywhere on the spectrum growing up aside from, you know, what some people might look at and say, well, like, that's a sign. You know, it's like I probably had a lot of those growing up, you know, because I'm an eccentric person. But at the end of the day, it's like I didn't have any like sexual desires like that. Um, you know, it's like I was, you know, for lack of better terms, just like a straight man. But it's like I kind of came to realize as I got older that it's like I am bisexual. Um, and, you know, my love with Larry uh, allows me to I don't like talking no. about sexuality too much too often because uh, I don't ever want people thinking I'm on the market. <laughs> it's easier to it's easier to classify myself now as a fusion. You know, it's like, well, like, that's the thing that's like really that I've uh, learned as the like that I've learned is that like queer people, LGBTQ people are not this monolith. They are not this. They're not all the same. Like it, it might be easy for like a stand up bit to be like, gay people are like this, but like, it's, it's like the, people are so complex. People are people. And like, people are like so complex and people are like, they're different environments, different, like, orientations different like and it's just like to put all this entire community in like this box is like really unfair and like really just as it is to like keep it in the binary of like male female gay straight or whatever well i think that's exactly why like labeling is such a difficult thing um because uh there is so much beyond just like gay, straight man or woman. Um, mm -hmm. And like, it's different putting labels on yourself too than it is somebody else putting them on you. Like, I think that gay jokes are hilarious if gay people are the ones making them. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, like for some stand up bit, I think a lot of times it's cheap humor, but if it's like, from the gay community, then a lot of times um, I'm more apt to see like, oh yeah, there's truth to that humor because like that's the what I, that's person, what I meant, by the way. yeah, the person is more likely to understand it. Um, for me personally, uh, like I have multiple facets to my queer identity, so it makes um, it a little bit more complicated. Um, being trans, that's just not something that I think I had as much of a grid for when I was in church. Um, I think I uh, was never going to like judge or discount somebody else. Um, but like, I wouldn't have even thought of that for myself um, until I got outside of it. And I got outside of it more because of the other parts of my queer identity. Um, and that's uh, like, being bi and being ace, um, like, that's, like, being ace, I think, uh, made it a little bit easier in some aspects for me because I could just, uh, ignore, um, the fact that, like, I did have feelings for, um, like, other girls and, uh, mm. I could just, uh, kind of keep that contained um 
and uh, separate it out um, just because, like, and, and that made things more complicated, too, I guess, because, like, I had feelings, but, like, I didn't have the right types of feelings. And so um, it was hard to, like, even understand that those were there. Um, but then by the time that I did understand that those were there, I was already kind of on my way out of the church um, because not only of the way that they treated me for um, mm -hmm. being different, but because of the way that I saw them treating other people. Like the fact that there were people who worked there who had to like uh, pretend that they were somebody who they weren't um, because they were uh, queer. And like, that's not something that churches readily accept. And that's, uh, I don't know, that made it pretty easy for me to leave, I guess. Um, and then by the time that I was out, I was a little bit more ready to be out in the other sense and uh, mm -hmm. to, like, fully grasp the um, multi-facets of my identity. Now, did it help uh, having a really cool big brother pave the way before you in the family with his gay <laughs> relationship? Um, it helped me come out uh, publicly for sure because I knew, uh, like, as far as being um, non-binary, that was the biggest thing to come at us. Um, and that's not something that um, I had anyone pave the way for. And that's something that, yeah. like, I had to um, kind of be my own person about. Like, uh, but, like, I didn't really um, care to mention being bi or being ace um, in, like, my public post about it. Um, I did mention that in my family, uh, group and, uh, I think it did help, um, having Caleb, like, lead the way before me and, uh, like... I'm Terry and Caleb, by the way, everybody. Yes, I sorry, names. I know him as Caleb, <laughs> um, but he is also Terry, um, but having him, uh like come forward with his relationship beforehand and like him kind of navigate that helped me understand a little bit more what to expect uh when it came to like being bi specifically because that was something that I wasn't 100% sure how people would react being ace I thought that people just wouldn't understand being non-binary I thought that people wouldn't understand but there is more that people have to like like that's the important one for people to like respect on a daily basis being bi is something that, like, I don't think that people even get the full gravity of for me yet because I haven't um, dated, like, the only two people that I've ever dated in my life um, were men. Um, and so I think that people don't really get the full gravity of it yet, but I do think that it, like, helped a lot to have somebody um, in my family go before me and have like, see how other people reacted. Not that, like, he should ever be viewed as a guinea pig, but, like, <laughs> it was, uh, like, nice to know that, um, like, my mom wouldn't be as understanding and that, like, my dad would be somebody who, like, it would be complicated to talk to about it at all and to even approach that subject. Um... And then to know that, like, the rest of the siblings, while they wouldn't, quote-unquote, agree with it, 
um, that they would at least uh, respect it and um, like wouldn't really say shit about it. Well, I just want to say to the both of you, like, and and and, and also Larry, I guess. Blech, I'm kidding. Um, I would I would like to say to you guys that like what you are are doing is incredibly brave and it's really really admirable. I wish I had that level of bravery in my life, like just like my day to day life. And I think you got like, like, I, the, 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 these are things that I personally don't have to worry about that much, like not really at all. And to, to like, I imagine it being like, you know, this wonderful thing, but also like something like, learning these things about yourself, like coming with like a lot of baggage and like a lot of like misunderstanding, a lot of invalidation, a lot of hatred too. And just like to like see you guys endure that every day and like come out of it good, decent, like wonderful people. Like that's, that's a really wonderful thing. And I'm really glad to be talking with you all today. So, well, we're glad to be a part of the show. Yeah. Yeah. So and let's it's good that about... you got me on a regular basis to set you straight on like, <laughs> what about the queer people, huh? So okay, this is fun. I'm at, I'm having fun now. Okay, so, <laughs> um, so my preconceived notions on Todrick Hall. Um, you mentioned he was a YouTuber, and like my initial thought was like a YouTuber making music. Like, ugh, no thanks. <laughs> like, <laughs> not a, not a fan, and. Um, but like the based off the name, like straight out of Oz, I was kind of assuming it would be like a, like a more, a music like a musical theater, but also like a '90s hardcore hip hop like fusion. I was kind of like expecting more like '90s rap like going into it. Um, but like based on like the tracks here, it's like a little more pop. It's a little more pop rap, which there's nothing wrong with that. But I just had to adjust my expectations a bit. Um, one more thing is like the cover art's bad. I think it's bad. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> like, Could use a little more they, elaborate. Yeah, or like I don't know, just like eh, it, it didn't like it didn't really catch my eye at all. Yeah, it was really boring. <laughs> yeah, it, I don't know. Like, um, I, I I was like I was kind of going into it. I was kind of expecting something very autobiographical like this is his like um and this is like his auteur vision of like how he sees his life and like this is like his entire like life story and i was like that's what i was kind of like um expecting out of that so um yeah like we'll so let's go through it track by track after this break whackity schmackity do Ding dong, ding dong, what? ding dong. Who's that? Ah, Jesus Christ, <laughs> scared me. Well, anyways, I'm here to deliver this pizza and also the fact that a new web series is 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 online is really really good, dude. But you don't want to hear from me. I gotta go to my car and get more tips. Wait, no. What? That actually sounds pretty interesting. 
What's this web series? Well, <laughs> it's actually a really cool uh, six-episode web sitcom uh, called Delivered. It, it follows a guy named Corey, a college student and delivery driver. Hey, like me. <laughs> Wait, who are the stars of this? Oh, man. It's like it's like a Supreme Pizza stars, man. There's like Ryan Luzzo's the pepperoni. Kimmy Schofield's the salami. Kadeem Fuller's the sausage that's sliced up. And Danielle Monson's the... The red meat that you slice and put on your pizza. It's all pepperoni. It's all good. And, yeah. And you know who made the music? CU artist Sunny Tour and his Push Soul Collective. Damn. That sounds pretty good. W- where can I find it? On Facebook and YouTube. Just look it up by searching Delivered Web Series. And, uh... But, but, hey, hey, get in, get in real close. Get in real close. Here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, time to li- <clears throat> sorry, 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 I sneezed in your face. <laughs> By the time you'll hear this, all six episodes will be available for your viewing pleasure, man. <laughs> what? Anyways, I gotta go. I got stabbed earlier. <clears throat> I'm dead. So what? What the fuck was that guy about? Watch delivered! Ah, my dying breath. And we're back, everybody. Here to talk about Straight Out of Oz by Todrick Hall. So let's start with like the um, intro track, No Place Like Home. Honestly, I think No Place Like Home <coughs> is a great start to the album. I think that it was uh, it was unexpected, like listening to that as the first song versus just clicking shuffle and catching a random song in the order. It's like it really did make a difference, and it's like um, it gets stuck in my head pretty easily. I'm not gonna lie; like now it's stuck in my head again. Um, it's like playing through, but it's like yeah, it's like essentially introducing you to the album, but like also the place and the concept of like the most important character is like. Uh, the wizard who's hiding behind, like, the curtain. He's, like, controlling all of Oz. But it's also, like, a parallel into Tajik's life, and it's, like, he feels like he's putting on a show, and, like, he has to hide behind this mask because he can't truly be who he has to be, and so it's, like, you know, he is the man behind the curtain, but he's not all that, like, you know, he puts a face on, essentially. Like, he's not, like, this exoskeleton that he's showing to the rest of the world. And I think that's the first, like, you know, kind of foreboding signs in the album to say that, you know, not only is he a gay artist, but he's going to write about the gay experience in a positive way. So, I like, really... uh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that I really like that it starts with the, like, uh, eerie, like, somewhere over the rainbow, like, uh... Oh, I didn't catch that, wow. Have you guys watched any of the music videos for the, uh, like, Yeah, album? I watched the audio-visual, like, whole thing. Yeah, it's like they're all really great. And it's like that's also how I picked up on like each one's like character references. Just because like you kind of like if you watch the music videos, you kind of can see who he places himself as like uh, character wise for the video. Um, Like, for example, on the song Dumb, like he walks around in like the scarecrow costume. He makes references. Well, and uh, right before that, the deluxe version, I think they have a song in between that. Um, cause they have, uh, yes. I can't remember which one it is. Um, but on the standard version, 
uh, he says something about like, uh, like that kind of leads into the fact that he's going to go into all three, like uh, the Scarecrow, the Tin Man, and then the Cowardly Lion. And then the next three, like he has Dumb, um, whatever the heart one is. If I had a heart. If I had a heart. <laughs> Which is a really good and song. Then, like, and then yeah, Lying to Myself. Yeah. Okay, next we're going to talk about Proud. Um, so it starts off with like a narration, like, I was five years old when I went to church and had a good time. I like to sing the songs. Like, basically, that was what it was. Okay, so <laughs> the the fucking kid that they get to, like, sing in this one is phenomenal. Let me he's just so say. good. Yeah. His voice is so good. Completely agree. <laughs> so he's a, he's a choir kid who loves it. Like, this is, like, very early on. Todrick like kind of develops a love for singing and performing and theater and the church was like kind of a gateway into that. Yeah, I think that's the message is uh he his entrance into music was like uh singing in the choir um because it's what allowed him to stand out among all of his like, you know, uh cousins who were like, you know, physically talented and like athletics essentially yeah they were all worried about sports and getting all the girls but he wasn't there you catch him every sunday morning singing in the choir that's a paraphrase but that's definitely a line yeah. from the song. <laughs> i i love when it transitions from like the kid voice to like todrick's real grown-up voice because that's like the first time we kind of see him like hear him like really really sing like he was kind of doing like a sing rap thing for the first song and then it's like boom like that's a voice. He has such a great, like, such a dynamic voice of, like, great vibrato. And, like, um, yeah, I, I, he's undeniably talented. Like, I'll, I'm going to get that out of the way. I, I'm going to make a stance here. I'm going to make a bold, brave, controversial stance. I think Todger Call is talented. I think he's good at singing. Yeah, I think Todrick is good. Like, yeah, I mean, I'd say so. I think he's talented in every facet and yeah. avenue that he approaches. Um, he's a like, great performer, a great like you know makeup artist, he's a, a producer. Great, yeah. Oh, producer, he did the makeup dancer, for this too. Uh, singer songwriter, philanthropist. Oof. I just threw that one in there. Um, so like the thing that's interesting about um this song to me is that uh, and and this album in general is that Todrick here, he says that like, you know, I didn't know exactly what I was saying. I didn't know exactly what the words I sang meant, but they were powerful and they were meaningful. And I loved going to church. I loved singing and performing. And so um, th this, the, the, out, the thing I like about this record so far is how it's a little more nuanced with like religion and church stuff. And that, like, it's, it's like, kind of, like, you know, yeah, th this part is oppressive. This part is, like, you know, very difficult. But it gave me my start in music and my appreciation of music. And also, um, you know, it made me feel good. It made me feel part of a community. It made me feel, like, um, you know, talented. All these things. And, like, this and the next song, like, kind of, like, they're, like, I feel like with anything you go through, like no matter how traumatic, 
it's important to be able to take away the good stuff. It's important to be able to take away, instead of just like throwing the baby with the bathwater, like it's important to like take the things that were constructive, take the things that were helpful and, um, you know, keep them with you. But that's, that's what I think. I don't know. Anyone, yeah. anyone have a thought? <laughs> okay. Jesus Christ, that was the longest <laughs> silence. Next up is Over the Rainbow. Um, one of the best songs on this album. Yeah, I yes. think this song is really great. Like, this is uh, definitely one of my favorite ones. Um, and again, it's just like another, I, with all the songs, I think they're so well written, like lyrically, like uh, they really encapture, um, like in a clear way, like the idea of what he was going through in those moments. So it's really easy to picture um like what he was going through but like like i like the end of the song before this um where he kind of like leads into this like last like conversation essentially that he has with his father um and the idea of like you know the best advice almost or like the way he portrays it is if like you know the most loving thing his father ever told him was like you know if you can change the way that you love you can make it into heaven um and it's like it's just it's such a well-written song and uh i think it's definitely like you know probably top three of like the songs on the album yes uh, so the thing is like his father is teaching these things out of genuine love and he's well-intentioned and it's because he was taught by his father beforehand these same values these same the same ideas of masculinity and um, if you put off your innate you know your innate being then you can you'll be rewarded with like a god who loves you and you know heaven and all these things and it's like it's a little more like again it's like more nuanced than like it's definitely a more interesting like I think it's good writing to be able to like write from his dad's point of view at the time or like the ki- the dad character's point of view at the time. Yeah, I think it's just like I think it's a very poetic song and I think it's like he speaks um at first when I heard it I was like, you know, I wonder if he likes his dad because it sounds like, you know, he's talking all this mess about like his dad after the fact saying, "Well, yeah, he was always hating on me like this," but it's like I think his dad well, meant well, and I think that's the whole point. Is what that, was like, the situation you know, there um, with his dad? I mean, I kind of got the take that he was dead, and this was him talking back on the memories of his dead father. But I don't think the album explicitly states like what happened to him. Maybe he's just like dead to Todrick, but you know he's still sitting there somewhere playing this album, <laughs> thinking, "Wow, that's me." <laughs> him having so few memories of him, like the way that he says that, like the first time that I listened to it, I definitely thought that it was that he left. Um, which, in which case, I would definitely understand him throwing him under the bus. Um, if he's dead, though, it is more nuanced, and I don't under like I don't know. Um, it, um like there the the reason like I feel like it was like he left was there were so many shots of like Wayne Knight, the guy who plays the dad, like hanging out by the door. <laughs> it's just, it just hanging out there. Yeah, like, <laughs> I know. Like the first shot of him, he like is kind of it looks like he's about to leave. Yeah. 
Like, it, I don't know. Like, I love his falsetto. And, like, his falsetto is so good. And, like, the the imagery in the video where, like, it's the old Todrick and the young Todrick, like, laying down in the, in the basketball court. And, like, how the older Todrick was, like, essentially, like, trying to comfort his younger self with compassion and understanding. I thought that was truly beautiful. I think that is so beautiful. I think that's, like, really wonderful stuff. Okay, next up we're going to talk about color. I think this is hands down the best song. Yeah, I think that this is this is my favorite song on the album. <laughs> like, where are we in time and space? Is he a teenager? Like, the thing that's so weird about this album is, like, he, like there's no, like, I feel like he, like, jumps from place to, like, song to song. I, I know, like, you know, visual albums are different from musicals or whatever. But, like, it, I, I wish there was, like, some in-between about... What, what, like, what happened after, like, you know, his dad left or whatever, or, like, some context of, like, his relationship with his mother, like, some, like, and just, like, how did he, like, come out or anything like that? Like, it's just, like, kind of drops us in the middle. uh, I think this song specifically gets heavily into, like, you know, now he's starting to date, you know, he's starting to come out of his shell and he's starting to accept who he is, even within his hometown. And like, you know, he's found love in another man's arms and, you know, it works out. And I think that that's like important um, for his development, but I don't think it necessarily explicitly says like how he came out or anything super personal like that, uh, just due to it being like, you know, an album versus, you know, him just telling his story. So the singer, the, the other singer in this song is Jay Armstrong Johnson. He's like incredible. Like their voices sound so good together, and mm-hmm. I think it's like it's really beautiful to see hear like two male voices like sing a love song like together, and yeah, like how they well, harmonize kind of with like each other. That like a way. cheesy like uh, typical like love song that you would have somewhere in a musical, um, but like having two male v- voices, I think is cool. Um, yeah, like it's definitely. Something that uh, you don't, like, usually get. But, like, I think that their voices work really well together in this. And it truly is my favorite song on the album. Again, the thing that's just, like, confusing is that they don't, like... Especially if, like, a visual... Like, I listened to the album first, and then I watched the video. Kind of, I watched... I I was going to the video kind of hoping, like, oh, they'll, like, provide some context... And where we are in time and space, nope. They just like, here's the next yeah, song. By the like I had listened to the album so many times by the time that I like even touched the like audiovisual that it all seemed to make sense to me. But thinking about it, like, yeah, I guess you're kind of right. It doesn't really have like the um, transition that it needs. Okay, so let's talk about little people. Um this is shot like the cast of Glee did a Go-Gurt commercial. That's <laughs> 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 what, what I wrote. <laughs> Explain. <laughs> like it's so, it, it's like, it's like Beyonce's Lemonade was like shot on ABC instead of HBO. <laughs> just like, just like it's just like, it's so. Like high school um, musical. It's so high school musical. It's so Glee-y. In a way, like, um... 
I love it. Like, I like to think that's what's happening in his head as he walks around town. He's like, oh, everyone loves me here. Look at me. I'm doing great. Look how famous I'm about to get. I'm about to leave. Yeah, I won't forget y'all. Don't worry about that. So the other thing about this album that I want to like, and I, I, I hope it's, you know, taking the right way, is that I feel like this al- this in this album, Todrick is somewhat self-centered, <laughs> like in, in a more egregious way, like where... Yeah, well, I mean, he's a millionaire al- now, so... Well, yeah, it's like, it, he talks about, like, chasing the money and the idea of, like, um, instead of focusing on, like, his relationships and, like, having a heart, he, like, decided to focus on, like what was comfortable and like, you know, growing musically and like his career. Uh, but yeah, I definitely think he forgets the little people. <laughs> All the characters like that are not Todrick, like are in support. Like they, the, their only purpose in life in this musical is to support Todrick. There's no, they have no person. They're like drawn so thinly in my opinion. And like, I feel like, yeah, you know, I would after- agree with that criticism. <laughs> Well, it's like, how would you tell your story? I would very seldomly talk about the people around me outside of, like, their part in my life because I'm telling my life story. But there's um, not as much like opposition. <laughs> I, I imagine, like, after, like, Todrick leaves town, all, like, the little, all, like, the dancing friends are like, well, I guess we're going to jump off a bridge now. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> they, they cease to exist <laughs> when Todrick's not looking at them. Like... That is kind of the vibe that it gives. Them. I don't know, a little bit. Um, like I, I, I'm obviously like a big sucker for musicals, and like I'm not like, why are they singing? That's not realistic. Like I'm, I'm able to enjoy this, but like I, I that's just like something that like when I think about, it, I'm like, oh. Uh, let's get into expensive. Um, My second Tondrick. favorite song on the track. Yeah. Honestly, so this song is awesome because it features a lot of, like, drag queens from RuPaul's Drag Race. I, I like the drag queens being featured. That's, like, awesome. Like, how they, like, and that for sure adds value to the video. But the intro with, damn, Todrick, back at it again with the red hands. <laughs> like, that was the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. I did not care for that. <laughs> Yeah, I think, so it's got its moments. It's definitely, like, a watered-down, like, cocky song. Like, if I was going to make a cocky playlist, it would be on there. It just want to be featured as one of the tops, that's for sure. But it's, like, it, it has to make the cut because, you know, it's yeah. worth it. The song um, kind of ends with the line, those who look expensive could be broke on the inside. So that's kind of, like, on a story level, like, I wish there was, like, actual consequence, like, to, like, some of these... <laughs> Being irresponsible, not not that I wish it on Todrick, but like in the store narrative wise, like you can't do like a braggy song like this and then like there there be like no consequence in any shape or form. Like, well, it's like, like so I don't think I don't think he's truly uh, that cocky. I don't think he's truly as rich as that he puts off. And I think there's like little hints at it throughout the song that it's like you know he talks about you know. Uh, charging stuff to the credit cards that he can't afford because he can always just pay it back later when he has more. And so it's like, um, I think the whole idea is putting on a show. It's like you're now, you you know, following the last song where it's like you're leaving your hometown and they say, don't forget the little people, you know, stick with us, my man. Like, you know, we'll see you when you get back. It's just like, 
he went on and now he has to show everyone that, you know, I did good for myself. You know, I'm not just like out here, like pretending to be an entertainer. It's like, I'm actually making money doing this. But to do that, sometimes you got to go on the hole a little bit. Sometimes you got to live above your means. Sometimes you have to play the part. And it's like the same way that he grew up playing the church part, you know, despite the fact that, oh, uh, interesting. you know, he may have been, you know, super religious as a person, you know, that's, you know, between him and God, I suppose. But it's just like, in uh, his childhood development days, it's like he had to put on a face and learn to not just be gay everywhere. You know, he had to be like, you know, the churchgoer. He had to follow the rules of the book. You know, that's the only way he could get to heaven, like his father told him. Um, and so this is him coming out of a shell and realizing, you know, he can truly be whoever he has to be. And it's like, he's got to flaunt it. He's got to show off what he's got. He's got to make sure that, like, he's representing well because all those people back home, they need someone to, like, remember them. They need someone to get out of, like, that slump that he was in. Not that he had a bad childhood. Like, it looked like he, like, grew up pretty decently. But it's just, like, uh, he was in Texas. And I'd do whatever I could do to get out of Texas if I lived there. So, you know, all power to him. But it's, like, I think it speaks to me. I think that would be me as an artist, you know. I would want to have a certain level of, like, you know, I did it. You know, let me show everyone what I did and what I can do with that. Um, so the next track is Dumb. Well, oh, third favorite song. It's a good song. Maybe not my favorite. This is the song favorite. where like Todrick goes, "Wait, I'm actually woke." <laughs> yeah, it's essentially like I think it's so he's he's essentially like playing the role of the scarecrow, but like also speaking about all of the the dumb things in like society that, like, he thinks are concepts that, like, were made without, like, someone using their brain, which I think is really clever. Yeah, I like that. I do like that. I do... I did not like the line, if I were a woman, would you try to get me less paid? I... I did not care for that. Well, so, he's, like, he's a scarecrow, so he said, like, if I had blue button eyes and blonde hay for his hair... And so, like, then he rhymes with the, like, whole, like, if I was on would you try to give me less pay? But I think the concepts are all there. Like, yeah. you know. Um, it's it's such, like, performative wokeness. It's, like, it's it's so, like, it, it reminds me of, like, a Logic track where he's always, like, um, he's just, like, name-checking all these, like, things. And, like, I can agree that, like, suicide is bad and, like, that, like, that, you know, women's rights are good and stuff like that, but I don't think... Well, I did get that vibe, especially, like, uh, if I were a woman, would you try to give me less pay? Like, I thought that that was just thrown in there for extra points. Well, so I, I think, like, the idea is just, like, he was making a lot of comments about, like, what it's like to be in the entertainment industry as a black gay man... But he was also going out of his way to give a nod to the fact that it's, like, he's not the only disenfranchised group of, like, people that, like, exist, you know? Just because he's black and gay doesn't mean that's the only, like, reason that people are getting disenfranchised, like, are getting treated poorly in the world. So it's, like, you know, he was saying, like, you know, if he was a woman, he'd be treated even worse than what he'd be being treated now in the same industry. And so... Uh, I think for that reason, it makes sense. That is nice. That yeah. Is nice. I get that. Yeah. yeah. So if I had a heart, I don't, I don't really have a lot to say about this. Um, does anyone else have any thoughts on this one? Let's keep going. <laughs> Catch me on some Adele. Um, let's do this one, then get into the commercial break. Um, lying to myself. <laughs> That's a pun. 
Again, <laughs> I don't think that like the 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 uh, it's just like I feel like these these like parallels are sometimes too heavy handed. Like you don't have to include them all. <laughs> like, well, maybe he's edit. on contract that said he did. Because, like, I don't imagine he just randomly one day woke up and said, you know what, let me just, like, turn my story into The Wizard of Oz because, you know, the views or whatever. It's like, there's probably some reason that, like, he stuck to that format and it was, like, you know, his record deal and his, like, uh, production saying, that like, hey, yeah, if you want this to go far, you have to keep on topic. And it's like, there's a really good oppor- or a really good chance that, like, you know, he sticks to that content because it's what he knows best, because that's what got him into the music industry and the entertainment industry as a whole. It's what, like, launched his career to the point where he is kind of a name brand uh, to a certain degree within his own rights. Yeah. The next one is Lions and Tigers and Bears. And this is my big... <laughs> this is my big bugaboo is, why are there three actors playing the mom? That was you, so frustrating. What are you doing? <laughs> but that song. One of them, the it, third one was actually the person singing, though, so that works. Uh, but it should have just been her the entire time. Well, it's like maybe it was different stages of the life. I haven't seen the music video for this one, but uh, maybe it's to represent different stages of like his life. Because like guess. our parents' well, age. That's what I was and... thinking, but like it doesn't necessarily work for that either. Like, uh, yeah. it doesn't really make sense. Like, but. Was the song not super poetic to you guys? Like, um, I think the, it, I think different it is. actress thing aside, it's just like you know, I would like to think that like you know, especially it being Mother's Day, yeah. you know, I think that like I that represents my mom. You know, that puts her to a T. It's like you know, wait, don't date this episode, Caleb. What? Don't date this episode. It's not Mother's Day. Well, so theoretically, if it were Mother's Day <laughs> when we were filming, this is how it would have gone. But. And in actuality, it may not be Mother's Day. I'll leave that up to you guys to decide. Let us know down below in the comments. Is today Mother's Day? What do you guys think? (laughs) We'll just wait a year to air this. Is it? What do you think, audience? Is today Mother's Day? Tweet and subscribe. We're going to have people arguing for like years about whether it's Mother's Day or not. (laughs) This is like the the true controversy. Was it Mother's Day? Yeah. Okay, so I think it is poetic. I think it's like well written. Um, I do think, and her like, voice um, is amazing. So good, yeah. I love the sentiment. I like the line about like uh, holding my earrings. I like the line about um, you know, uh oh, spiders. Ugh. I like that, that was the best line. That's what your yeah. friends are for. I, I, I like a little beat. That's really funny. That's cute. Uh, yeah, suck so it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Any other thoughts on lions and tigers and bears? Uh, no, I think we're good on that one. All right, so let's take a little break. Whackity schmackity do. Okay, and we're back. Um, okay, so like Puppy, it's like the song is about like um, the, the, song the is female so agent or whatever. The female Who agent or whatever. It's amazingly up. Nicole, attractive. Nicole Scherzinger. Yes. Almost as attractive as how I pronounced her name. <laughs> um, okay, so like it's like she, um, you know, seduces Todrick to like say like, "Hey, if you doink me, you get your you get your deal or whatever." Like, 
I'm good at this. Yeah, and like, you know, those That's a very enticing offer. <laughs> specifically worded like that. I don't think that I would personally be tempted unless they said it like that. The thing that's really cool about this video and the song is like, I like how it's completely devoid of the straight male gaze. Like, even though there are like boobs and butts and stripper poles in this video, it's like, the way it's presented here, it's like, it's honestly, it's like, it's not gratuitous in any way, and it's like honestly weirdly wholesome how it's presented, like how she's seducing him, like, like yeah, it's like, like oh, she doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> like it's very fun. Like, she's she's very attractive though. Like um, I agree with you. Okay. Oh, when you say it, but yeah. Anyway, this song. All I have to say is that I love the line, um, "I've ne- or you've never touched a boob in your whole life, and she's got two of them. You've never touched a boob in your whole life? Like, that's like, I even like accidentally, like just on the bus or whatever. Well, I mean, just he like, grew up gay in a church community. Like, whose boobs would he be touching? <laughs> he was in Plainview, Texas. Was he like, was he never breastfed? Well, I well, mean, who remembers being best fed? And who, like, reminisces yeah, on that? Yeah, that doesn't like, really count. I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just uh, okay. go back to that Happy one Mother's time. Day, everybody. <laughs> Not sponsored. Not saying that it is Mother's Not sponsored Day. by moms. <laughs> but this was a great song. Um, I thought it was hilarious, honestly. It's like, it's... It's very Quick Crow Pro is not hilarious. And, like, you know, the things that people go through... Um, like the idea that like uh, people will try to take advantage of you to give you what you want isn't funny, but the way this story is told, like you know, it is extremely li- funny to listen to um, because I'm pretty sure a lot of people go through this and like maybe come out like all right, but also it's like it's kind of hard not to think that like maybe he went through with it because he says like. You know, he was propositioned with like uh, the idea, like with sleeping with this person, so as to get famous. And then the next song is like about how money is a disease. So it's like maybe he went for it. He was like, "Yeah, you know, what would you do if you were in this situation and somebody offered you like the opportunity of a lifetime? Would you sleep with him to like get to the top?" Um, well, you know, money's a disease. So I'll, like, you know, I'm essentially assuming that like he did. Yeah, I mean, I imagine he did. You know, not to say that he did, because you know, he might so say otherwise. Interesting. That's so Even interesting. That's so interesting. Like that, like, yeah, I did yeah. not get that impression, but, like, I can see it. I mean, I would like to think that he didn't, and that, like, you know, that's not what it was about. But it's just, like, you know, he very explicitly talks about, like, you know, this is something that he was confronted with, or, you know, maybe just making it up. But, like, you know, for the sake of the album, it's, like, he's saying this did happen. I just not see him talking about it, like, singing about, like, it as this conflict um, if he actually did do it. Because there would be more shame there. Well, I mean, but how much money does it like, take to yeah. get you to just get over it, though? Because, like, if someone gave me $10 million to get over a trauma, I might become that much more of a bad individual, or, like, it may be that much more, like, guilt uh, harboring for me, and it's just, like, uh, I'm sure you can hear that in his music. Like, you can hear how hard of a decision it was for him, but, like, he doesn't explicitly say whether he did or did not take that, but we do know his career is going just fine, whether he took it or not, and we do know that his next song, he talks about 
green. You know, he talks about getting that money. He talks about like, you know, green being a disease, money being a drug. Um, and he's hooked. And so it's just like, you know, what do you do to get your money? Maybe he just performs other ways and told that lady no and laughed in her face. But you would think if that were the case, he would explicitly say that in the song. Because I would want to clear my name if I wrote a song like that. I wouldn't leave it open-ended. I would make sure people knew what happened unless I did it. In which case, I'd be like, yeah, yeah maybe I didn't. It isn't his fault. Like, it's not real. Like, you're not supposed to do that. Like, you're, like the, 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 the executive person is like, she's clearly not supposed to do that. Like, that's in a, very inappropriate. Yeah. Like, very, yeah. Uh, like, so, like, he's not, like... I feel like there is some slack if it's true, but it's also like you know this is a fictional story. Like it's obviously based on his life or whatever, but like there there yeah, must I have been some. Yeah, I think maybe the truth's embellished like, on for like dramatic effect, but you know, yeah, I I I think that it, it's probably like a maybe not all the way true, um, but it's like at the same time maybe it is, you know, um, it's very. Uh, possible that like uh he went through that for real you know and it's like but i guess the idea is if he did like could you be upset with him for going through with it but also maybe that's what he's like alluding to when he talks about like you know not going as far in music as he like it does like make uh i, I want to make one more point before like uh i like we move on like it does make some of the previous songs about like dumb and like Wrong bitch, water guns, blah blah blah. Like, no, not blah blah blah. The actual song, but like, I was just like saying blah blah blah. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Like, um, blah blah blah. <laughs> ugh, ugh. Song sucks. Okay, like, um, but like, it makes those, it makes like those songs more cynical in my eyes. Of like, if she, if he went through with it, that means that you know, he feels like maybe he just like, um, he, you know, he. I don't know if he could act all high and mighty about, like, uh, I'm actually, like, super woke and I have so much integrity. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, everyone like, has their flaws. Everyone has a price. Yeah, Not to say that that was his, but... I mean, yeah, maybe in those songs he's saying, like, it's, like, if he were different as a person, he wouldn't have had to go through with what he went through to get where he's going. Um, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, yeah, it's kind of like the idea of like, bro, who are you to complain about like these situations that, you know, you're essentially benefiting off of and, um, you're you exploiting to yeah. your like, uh, advantage, you know? Hmm. Okay. So let's go into, um, we gotta like keep going through these. We gotta go, we gotta blow through these, through these a little more. Um, green. Um, oh, hey, it's Grace Helbrig. She makes a little cameo. Yeah. I like her a lot. I like her. <laughs> um, however, like, Perez Hilton makes me want to jump out of a window. <laughs> yeah. Citizens of Blimey Blue. Just like, ugh, kill me. <laughs> I like this song all in all, though. Like, I don't know. Like, the celebrity cameos after a certain point seem a little gimmicky. It doesn't feel like collaboration after yeah, a certain point. Yeah, well, video like, aside, like, just listening to the song, I like it. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like it's hard to separate it from like the actual video because like it's. I've only watched um, the like audio visual album like twice, and I've listened to the album like more than I've listened to any other album that we've ever covered yeah. on this. And following up green, we have uh, see your face. Yes. Yeah. It's Thanks, Amber Dale. Riley again. Amber Riley yeah. has such an amazing voice. So good. Um, so like this is the song where it's kind of implied that the dad might be dead. Like, well, yeah, his mom wrote him a letter while he was, like, away, and his, like, dad or somebody's getting old, so they need him to, like, come home. Yeah. And their Which brother's getting old. also, with the, like, ordering of music, I felt like they all generally had a good placement, but it's, you have this beautiful song where his mom's writing him a letter about, like, uh, being him being on the road and like what's going on at home and how she's getting older and stuff, um, and then right after it you have the song "Wrong Bitch," yeah. and it just like what was the like stylistic choice as to why they followed that song up after each other? Like, I get the message of the song and all, but it's just like, uh, why would you place it right afterwards? You know, like. Wrong bitch is about like you know essentially being black. I think. Uh, well, and maybe this... it's like um, maybe it's like his mom's encouragement gives him the courage to kind of fight back a bit. Against, well, I think like, that's the like the only possible way it could be because otherwise he's saying, "Hey, ma, you got the wrong bitch. How are you gonna try and like speak to my sensibilities?" <laughs> like, yeah. He just gets his letter like. The fuck? <laughs> uh, I'm about to write a diss track. <laughs> so funny. Um, but like, um, it's pretty. It's a nice song. I feel like it's a very similar beat to um, "Lions and Tigers and Bears," about you know be, her being supportive. You can come home anytime you want. Um, yeah, but you gotta come and, fast because you're running out of time. Essentially, yeah. is like I think like the new take on it. Is gotcha, like, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So wrong, bitch. Yeah, he uses the term was... slanderize. He's trying to slanderize my name. <laughs> uh, I like their rapping, like uh, Bob the drag queen and uh, Todrick. Like their rapping's pretty good. Um, the state, like the, the visual statement of like two black drag queens rapping in this way is very powerful, and I like the imagery. I like. The way they, um, the way uh, they incorporate the symbolism, the metaphor of like you know, black people are like the witch from Wiz- from like Wizard of Oz. Well, the green it, people. It's like, like the green people. Like, it, it's like it, especially with the wa- the song Water Guns and like how um, you know the witch melts after getting hit by water. Like, that's like really clever. I think that's really cool. Um, I don't really have much to say about this, but what do you guys think? I, um, on, like, a lighter note, really like the, uh, it's like, uh, you got the wrong bitch, bitch. Like, (laughs) just addressing them as bitch, like, right after they say bitch. Like, that's my style. you got the wrong. (laughs) Yeah, it's so cleverly written. (laughs) Yeah. One of my faves. And then, like, they fly in hell. Uh, I didn't like that. Um, I don't I know. I, the... I liked it. But I like to... a lot of this album that you didn't like, it seems. so. I feel like um, maybe it's just, like, um, the, like, 
it's just like you have to be in like a certain like headspace, I think, to like kind of just go with it. I think. Yeah, uh, not that I there's agree anything with wrong. That. Yeah. I like that it flows right into Water Guns. Yeah, Water Guns is such an awesome song, and like it is. Uh, the idea of like you know um, police brutality is like uh, such a real topic, and so to be able to like. Uh, quantify that and like a clever song i think was really uh neat super neato i think the uh the story behind it is really really powerful about like how it's it's about like the loss of innocence like you know before there were water guns now like it's real and now like it's not a joke anymore and it's yeah like, it's like really really powerful i think it's it's a good song i, I think that's an, that's that is powerful um, I, uh, I think this is, uh, one of my favorite songs on the album, except that, like, the, um, verses are, like, there's something, like, about the pacing that's just weird. Terry, Larry, you got thoughts on this one? Beyond that? No, I mean, I think it's, like, it's been said, like, I, I'm gonna be honest, like, it was, uh, not one of my favorite songs on the track it was i mean it was good like i got the message i felt like it was cool i just feel like it was kind of thrown in there and it's like it should have been maybe like in the chapter yeah. about the police brutality but well i think, about the uh uh you know all the injustices in the world like it could have been i think it's a great that. song but i think that they jump around so much in this album that like it's really hard to keep track yeah, I think it was, it was kind of just thrown on there, and I think it's, like, something that he wanted to speak on, but it's, like, it definitely has nothing to do with, like, the Wizard of Oz or, like, the rest of what was going on, at least not to, like, you know, my knowledge, and so it's, like, it kind of just seems like he catered it in there because he wanted to, like, you know, not just have an album of just Wizard of Oz, he wanted to have an album that also talks, like, more deeply about the stuff that he cares about outside of just his career and, like, his story, like, he has to speak on this stuff because it's, like it would be wrong for him not to use his platform. Well, and this. maybe he was trying to transition from, like, uh, some of the stuff that he was talking about before um, to something that's more important to him now. Um, because this is one of the last songs on the album. Like, it is the second, second to last, last yes. before home. Yeah. Um, and uh, so transitioning, like, uh, he's talking about, like, he goes from talking about like the money and stuff like that to like uh the letter from his mom and then uh like that's where like the timing as you pointed out is just really weird like because wrong bitch to water guns like works fine but like see your face to wrong bitch is Mm-hmm. just really weird that specifically but was like, the biggest hurdle i think that i saw in this album was like that transition of yeah like, are you saying your mom's got the wrong bitch because i hope she slapped you for that when you went home on but the i last think song. that wrong <laughs> bitch is like uh that that um flowing into water guns is like something that he probably wanted to talk about and he just didn't he couldn't figure out a better transition for it yeah but i think that like the album um would have been a lot stronger if he had put at least a song in between those two. 
Well, that, and it's like he has other albums, so it's like this song didn't have to go on this album. It could have been on another album. Yeah. Um, well, talking about his like, life story, I can understand why he'd want yeah. to put it on this But I think one. it's it's not just like this song that's the issue. It's also like the closing of the next song, you know, coming home, transitions, um, kind of similarly to like, it's like you wrote this, you know, phenomenal album and then you needed to end it. And it's just like, how how do you end an album that's like, you know, got this story? Like, well, you have to have you go home, you know, like that's the whole idea. But it's like, he literally took that and said, let's run with it. You know what? In fact, that's all we need. We're just gonna keep saying, I'm coming home. And we're gonna try and like, very softly, you know, make it uh, out to be some, you know, huge thing. And like this phenomenal song. But at the end of the day, it's like, he's literally just saying, I'm going home. Like, that's all it was. But it could be like, see your face. Um, and then, and so like, He's got this letter from his mom. And, and then he went home. But, well, I mean, it could be like that, but it could be that he want like, he had something that he needed to do before he goes home. Well, he had to rise up with all of the green people because, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, That's it's such like, an absurd sentence. <laughs> well, they're out here dropping houses on hoes, so it's like, the whole idea is like, if we want to be fine, like, we got to rise up together because it's like, I individually am not going to do a lot, but it's like, you know knowing that I have the support of my mother tells me that I can now move forward and show my support and, you know, build like an army, essentially build a whole group of people who want to stand up. And it's like, so they did, they stood up in that song. And so it's like, um, in the process of standing up, it's like, he kind of did just throw this song in there about, you know, like water guns, you know, it's like, I thought it was a great song. I just don't think that it, uh, really fit the bill of the whole thing. Like, I mean, I would like to see like how it was represented in the stage play and how it like, you know, played into the actual storyline outside of it. it was just a song that he wanted to sing about. But it's part of the reason he went home, maybe? I don't know. Like, I thought the letter to his mom would have been the biggest. Uh, 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 what were we talking about? Okay, so let's get into home. Um, I love this song. I'm so good. Home. I love how, like, the verses, uh, like, all start with, uh, there's, like, the one click, two click, three click. Everything like I like songs that have like the uh, repeated thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like so. It's not so much he's looking for validation. I think it's like he had to live this path. You know, home stunted his growth and kept him in a box. He had to be someone he wasn't. In knowing and like understanding like who he was as an individual and who he was as an entertainer, it's like not only did he get rich along the way, but he also faced a lot of injustices and saw a lot of things that he didn't need to see, and he was not sheltered from that. And so it's like hearing back from his mom and realizing that like going home is an option and it's not just like, you know, uh, going to be a bad situation for him in general. It's like uh, he now has the courage to go back home. He has the courage, the heart and the brains um, along with like he's not just playing some bar. He's not hiding behind a curtain, you know, now he can like finally get out of Oz. You know, he can finally like, you know, click his heels together three times and figure it out. Well, and going back to the um, like water guns and like wrong butch, like. Uh, maybe it's, um, like, I don't know, you mentioned these, like, uh, symbols that they have in, like, Wizard of Oz and everything, the brains, the courage, mm -hmm. and the heart, um, courage and heart flipped, though. Um, like, it could be that he was looking for the purpose, too, and, like, for the, like, uh, like, that he needed, um, like, to fight and everything, and that, like, that was an important part of it. I just I, think coming home was kind of a whack ending to the whole story. I get he had to come home because that's like the story anyway, but it's just like you could have jizzed it up a little more. This is your big grand finale. This is what closes out the album. I always expect another song to follow it, but I recognize that like that has to be the last one. 
Well, I think that it works well. Like, it ties an album from, like, where it starts to, like, starting in, like, There's No Place Like Home. But it was the most generic yeah. way to say, I'm coming home. Yeah, especially because, he again, he has that, like, song that he did with Pentatonix where he essentially did, like, a rendition of this whole album in one song. And that version of, like, I'm coming home is, like, a canon of a whole bunch of different, like, uh, versions of the song put together. And it's, like... Uh, really beautifully done, and um, there's something about this stream seems like kind of rushed, and it doesn't seem as like well thought out well, as like all the other ones. Yeah, I think I the I think the album as a whole is very broad, and so mm-hmm. if you're trying to wrap it up um, in one song, like with this concept of I'm coming home, um, then like you can't really make it more specific um, yeah, because so he explores way too much to be able to sum it up. Um, in one song otherwise. So let's get into our final thoughts on the album. Um, uh, uh, Larry, how about you go first? Uh, well, in the terms of like, let's see, like in the terms of my rating, I would say that it is lit. And so I give it like a rating of like, Six fire emojis because it's a fire album. Um, uh, ten? Six out of ten. No, six out of six. But like, I just wanted to so use ten six out of ten. because. Oh, like, yeah, I'm goals. sorry. I said six earlier. Yeah. But it is out of ten. Oh, out of ten. Yes. But it's like, <laughs> well, so then ten out of ten because, or well, uh, to be honest, like maybe, maybe like a eight out of ten. Um, there are a few things that like, are kind of like not my like you know I don't I'm not a big fan of like how much gospels into it but it's like I get it like from a point of like him telling a story I get it but it's like um I kind of would have like maybe been okay with a little less gospel and a little less like uh Broadway play sound um but overall it's just like you know it is like a definitely amazing album um and it has like you know amazing story, uh, which I think is great, and uh, like it it touches on a lot of different um, points that I think are relatable. Uh, I could go next. Um, I feel like um, anytime I've sounded harsh or like overly mean about this album, it's because I just feel Todrick is such a immense talent. And the fact that he was able to craft this in like two weeks is a feat of its own. But I feel the album could have used some editing. It it, it, it bit off more than it could chew. It bit off more than it could chew. And the themes and narrative was very confusing and muddy. And even though the songs are great, even though um, the uh, it's like... Again, Todrick is clearly a talented person. I just feel like if he spent like another year on this project and really ironed out the kinks, this would have been a masterpiece. But for the most part, even though some of the songs are really good, I think it's a misfire. So I'm going to give it six out of five, six out of ten Todrick moms. Okay, uh, I can go next. Um, so I thought that the album. Uh, like, a lot of the individual songs were pretty good. Um, but, like, 
I do agree with you, Andrew, that uh, it lacked a lot of um, things like holding it together and like um, I uh, I don't know. I do expect more because uh, I uh, was familiar with Todrick before this and I love him and I uh, like thought that it would be a little bit more polished because of that, I guess. Um, but like, I still thoroughly enjoyed a lot of it. So I'm going to give it like a, um, I'm, st I'm still going to give it an eight out of 10 uh, Emerald Lights. All right, uh, Tara, you're up next. Mm, I guess so. For my final thoughts, I would like to say that, like, uh, I honestly think it was a phenomenal album. Like all you know, weird like you know puns and like corniness aside, it's like it still did establish you know the overall agenda of not only telling his story but also telling the Wizard of Oz story in a new fashion, you know, in a way that like other people haven't seen, you know. It allows people to listen to his music and to, you know, watch this, you know, visual representation and, you know, kind of like put themselves in his shoes and say, well, you know, here's how real life can be magical. You know, here's what you need to do to not live a lie or not to live uh, under the shadow of, you know, the church or your family or, you know, the community's obligations or expectations of you as an individual or their, you know, belief of like how you should love and what you should be doing for your life, you know. Uh, Todrick shows that like he was uh, pretty damn successful just because he stepped out there and he did it. You know, he left home and he showed the like power of like uh, and the eye opening nature of like what Hollywood and the entertainment industry can do. Uh, I think he did this very well. And I think even when he talked about the negatives, it was like super poetic. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's like I think it was a great album. Um, I honestly would put it probably at like either an eight or potentially a nine red tims out of 10 oh god <laughs> i quit i quit the podcast i'm done Bye. i could do like an 8.8 <laughs> that's like holy okay but yeah. we're not the final get we're not the final thoughts um well uh, if you have any thoughts uh concerns or whatever about this album please tweet at us at i've been mean to listen to that at gmail.com or 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 on our facebook or twitter or um our instagram probably I'm very tired. Please so, send us hate mail. Um, Hashtag don't at me. Hashtag, oh, and tell us if it's Mother's Day today. Like, let us know. Yes, yes. Like, we do want to know. We really need to know. We don't own calendars. and We don't uh, know. We literally don't know. So let's get into our I've been mean to listen to that. And I did. Playlist. Playlist. Great. Uh, so Larry, you said you wanted to go first. Um Oh, yeah. So what I've been meaning to listen to and did a couple of times uh, was Trey Sivan's um, Lucky Stripe. It's a great song. I'm sure it's about him. Let's play it. Click. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure the song's about, like, um, what do you call it? Him wanting to date this older dude. But it's, like, it's a great song. So, Lucky Strike by Troy Sivan. Yeah. Um, you ever heard okay. it? Okay. I have not heard. I have been meaning to listen to that. Oh. And I will. <laughs> okay. Or all credits. I'll go next. Uh, the pick I want to do, um, because Todrick Hall is a theater guy. He is like a 
but like I feel like the rapping was somewhat lacking. Um, so I wanted to like do a very theatrical yet punchline heavy rap that still goes hard. And I'm gonna choose um, the song called um, Easy Come, Easy Go by Davi Diggs and Rafael Casal. Click. Yeah. Everybody trying to be a boss, not me. Yeah. I don't need no motherfucking employee. Yeah. Oh man, look at these bars. Anyways, um, the, the song rules. It's it's like um, it it goes really really hard. It's like, uh, but you could tell that they're theater kids, like deep down, and like so their love of pop culture shines throughout as well, um, and like the corny lines. The the lines are corny, but they also like rule at the same time. Um, Davy Diggs Diggs is from like Hamilton, um, and like the rap rap uh, group Clipping. So he's very very talented. So check it out. Um. My pick for this week is Guan by Rostow. Click. So, uh, I don't really have any, like, huge philosophical reason for picking this one. Um, I, I just really enjoy the sound. I feel like it says a lot, um, without really saying much. Um, it's very cinematic, um... And yeah, you should check it out on our playlist. Um, so my featured song of the week for this podcast specifically, which may or may not be Mother's Day, is uh, I Adore You by Adore Delano. Oh, click. Uh, Adore Delano is a drag queen, if you guys don't know. Um, but before Adore Delano was a drag queen, uh, he actually got really high scoring on uh, American Idol, I believe. He was like in their top ten, nice. which is like a really big thing. Um, he's super talented. I'm shocked his music hasn't gone farther. To be honest, I know why it hasn't gone farther because I've listened to some of those albums. Uh, we considered maybe showcasing one of those as like the album we'd discuss and listen to. Played it through and realized I don't want to do a whole podcast talking about Adore Delano's album, <laughs> but. That song specifically is the catchiest, uh, best-sounding song that I've listened to all week, outside of Todrick's album, of course, because, you know, highlights. But um, <laughs> I can tell you that for sure. Uh, Adore Delano, I Adore You is hands down an amazing song. It's got bars as well. I know how you feel about your bars, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, finally! But, uh, yeah, it's also got a great beat. It gets you on your feet. It makes you want to do a little boogie-woogie wiggle, you know what I'm saying? Okay, uh, so now, um, okay, now Terry and Larry have prepared a closing sentiment that we are all gonna read on the Discord thing, so let's hear it right now. Three, two, one. Live to of everything, everything is the under cabbage. the cabbage. Woo! We did it! Alright, I've been mean to listen to that, and you did. Thanks. Bye. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Click. Click. Oh, Jesus Christ.